0: When
1: this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a
2: plan. I have part of a plan.
1: It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is Pain 101. The instructor Casey Jones. Movies? Comic books? Movies based on comic books? EXCELSIOR! Video games, toys, TV shows? It's professional time. wrestling? It's still real to be damaged. <laughs> all the things you got made fun of for in high school. you fuckers think this just cuz a guy reads comics he can't shit. Uh, uh. So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me.
2: Like our old friend Cheech Marin says in Ghostbusters 2, better late than never, right? This week we're starting just a few minutes late, uh, as is our tradition. I guess we're going to start calling ourselves um, Fashionably Late, a Talk Nerdy to Me podcast. Where (laughs) where we just start, you know, 10, 15 minutes late each week. It doesn't really matter. Um, This week... Uh, if you if you went to your your store and you got your talk nerdy to me ticket, your winning ticket your this fingers, week. Oh, it's starting again. And your oh, and roll for an Oh, that's what the seven minutes is from. Okay, it's just the uh, the without music part. Um, I failed to send you the actual no, uh, okay. it's, version. So my bad. No, it's all good. It's all good. See, we say we fixed it. It's fine. No one even knows anymore because um, I muted it. It's fine done um if you had your winning ticket uh you get a bonus prize if you had also um opening kept going and played the uh raw recording that's a bonus prize but the reason that we're (laughs) late is uh, if you have the winning ticket and this is very specific you have to take out the uh, the ticket and it says captain chris's computer is a flaming piece of shit just like that. It's a not like... Flam- now, what about a flaming pile of garbage? No, no, not the same, because that variant is out there. Uh, it has to say flaming and not flaming, like the Flamin' Hot Doritos. No, not Flamin', Flamin with... Flamin' Moe? Fr- no, not the Flamin' Mo. It It's a flaming Pile of Shit. That's the... If you have your ticket that says Captain Chris's computer is a flaming Pile of Shit... You win. Not a flaming bag of dog poo. No, no, left oh, on your doorstep. Be now. close, but not. Yeah. On. <laughs> you would win. You would win partial, but not, not, not the grand prize winner. And this week, if if uh, if if you have the winning ticket, uh, you win the 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 grand prize is. Um, um, I was going to say one hundred fifty thousand shares of Equifax, but that's not good now because they went through uh, that big settlement, so they <laughs> don't have a lot of money. Um, you went to five thousand Shroot bucks.
0: Ooh, nice! <laughs> and a glass I have, of I have a bunch of Stanley nickels. Will those Ooh. work? Yeah, yeah. sure. Every ten thousand Shroot bucks can be redeemed for one
2: wheat penny. Oh wow! Can we do that? Like, is that allowed?
0: Uh, only in Scranton. Okay, it's in the
2: bottom fine print. Is. Have you have you been to Scranton, by the way? <laughs> only in my imagination, because why would I go there? Uh, yeah, no one should ever go there ever. The town's a shithole. Um, I'm just gonna say that. Like, as someone who's uh, from Electric City, yeah, it's a it's a shithole. Like, it's there's nothing there. Like, you just you <laughs> it's it, it there's nothing there. It's like a nondescript ghost town, garbage town. It's it's awful. If you live in Scranton, I'm sorry, move. Like <laughs> Scranton, boring.
0: That's it. I'm gonna hold on to that real estate because uh, when NBC Universal decides to build the uh, Dunder Mifflin theme park, yeah.
2: Yeah, then, then you know, you can sell it. for <laughs> West the island World of adventure? <laughs> oh, the <God>. Dunder Mifflin.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>.
2: <laughs> because somehow our listeners would only end up with the, um, uh, the, the land that would become like the loading bay. So it would be pretty worthless. It wouldn't be like where all you the, get act- to the actual office. You yeah, know. no, it would be like the loading bay or like something stupid. It wouldn't be like the... the... You get as far as advanced refrigeration and it's done. <laughs> and it's over. It's done. That's all. Oh my gosh! So yeah, this one, this episode is going to be a fun one. I can already tell that this episode is going to be great. We've got a, great topics. Yeah, we've got a new Martha that um, it, we're gonna have to do a little finagling. Um, I don't know how this is gonna work, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna try it. Um, because mostly because also, oh, go ahead. We're missing something, which sucks, yeah. but. Um it does mean we get to play something. Yeah, if you uh, play it again? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh let's see. No, that's that's not the one. Ooh, yeah, I almost played the wrong one. Uh In case
0: you haven't figured it out yet. Uh,
2: we're a man short. Yeah. Uh have our illustrious captain. What the what the what the hell is it called? Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna find it. It's in the podcast. I thought we lost you for a second. No, no I can't the... tell you being quiet or you No, like I'm looking for the file. I can't remember what the what the MP3 file is called. Damn it all!
0: Um... I'm looking for the one called Ham Sandwich Fiesta.
2: Oh, is it that... okay? No, I got it. I got it now. Okay, so yeah, if you notice, if you notice um, that we are go ahead. Yeah, you, you f- finish your thoughts. We have our illustrious captain. You Hi. have your Jedi Master. You
0: yours, truly. and then you have your. Um... Are equivalent to Hedonism Bot, Koran. <laughs> we are, of course, missing our resident ambassador to all things, Guns, Beer, Titties, and Murica. Yeah. The guy I watched get pissed in a restaurant with a bunch of other people got a, uh, it was not a, not Twitter war, like an Instagram war about Colin Kaepernick. Oh god, yeah, I read that guy. Oh, I read Cause that Because he had to stop dead in his meal To correct this kid about oh. what freedom really means Because that's who he is We are sadly missing our Captain America uh, Sorry, Captain America yeah. Julian is not with us this week yep. So you know Which what we means we, we get
2: to, uh, to yeah. see it Hey, Rockefeller There it is uh, This is my favorite part <laughs> It's going to be in your head all week well she sneaks around the world from Come the world
0: Carolina. Sing along
1: mm-hmm. if you know the words. This is Julian. San Diego.
2: can we ever figure out where the fuck this place is at? Tell me where can she be?
0: It's never not uh, funny we still don't know man we no. still don't know never figured it out no
2: and uh if you go to our facebook page uh, you know we're going to uh tweet out a picture julian's missing but we have our best <laughs> we have our best uh our, our best officer on it uh, he's out looking for julian right now uh basically going that blind guy who doesn't even have the stick no it's the guy who's going car to car with the polaroid saying have you seen this boy and, uh, so he's, he looks a lot, I, I know you're gonna look at them and you're gonna be like, that cop looks a lot like Robert Patrick from 1991. And it, it's okay. He gets Maybe. that a lot. He gets it a lot, but it's okay, you know, um, because, uh, he is, um, yeah. Uh, he's he's our officer. He's working for Talk Nerdy to me. He's on our payroll. And he will be uh, looking for Julian. So if you have any information on Julian's whereabouts, please tell Robert Patrick in 1991, uh, the cop that we have out looking
0: for Julian. Actually, him. A hot tip just came in over the newswire. I think he's been spotted at the Galleria. Oh,
2: no. This just in, gumshoes. <laughs> something, something. He's around somewhere. Also. There
0: was a big dude on a Harley here looking for him earlier. I don't know if that has anything to do with this or not. Oh, no. It's not good for him. Is them. it uh, someone that auspiciously had an Austrian accent? <laughs> As you know?
2: I'll call it a lucky guess. <laughs> he needs your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle. Weird. So, um, we're going to try something, uh, a little bit traditional and a little bit not traditional, um, this week because we've got yeah. a, uh, a timely tried and true, um uh, topic. And then we've got something that we're going to try all new. So, um, oh. sort of, we're, we're going to try a different twist on something that we've done before. Yeah. But because um, it's not totally new, of course. But um, it's uh, it's the new Coke of oh, Todd and I know it's oh. the. Uh... <laughs> oh, Did that already? The other thing, Flat generic store cola. Of... No, sorry. The other thing that we need to do uh, when we talk about um, because a, a topic that is upcoming that we're uh, we're trademarking right now, we're patent pending, is um, the uh, trials and tribulations of product placement in. Oh yeah, in entertainment, and it—I uh, just like—I was thinking about that topic, and I just got pissed off all over again about Krispy Kreme in the uh, Power Rangers movie. I, <laughs> Let's not go there. Okay? God, it made me so yeah. mad. Like, I, just, I really thought if they made a
0: sequel, they were just going to rename them the Krispy Kreme Rangers.
2: Like I got, I got yeah. like dun, 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 dun. unnaturally pissed off thinking about it. I was just like, it was, it was not pleasant. I was like, no reason to. I was just driving, and I was like oh fucking lion's gate oh why did you do... the, like... see in, instead of um dinosaurs the there's
0: ordered to be different kinds of donuts oh i would buy i would watch that yeah mm-hmm. the crawler
2: yep. the schnecken really Claw. <laughs> there you go Roar, bear Claw. it's not a real dinosaur Roar. homer simpson <laughs> i would be uh I, yeah oh I, I, I would watch that movie and then uh it would be the evil <laughs> uh for some reason the bad guy's name would be duncan and that would be the joke. He's a, he's a stick of broccoli. Yeah. Duncan. I <laughs> uh, see, like I can I can write jokes. I don't know. What's up? Duncan and Gads. Yeah. And... Yeah, gads. That's a that's a one for your bowling green Deep listeners. Cut, I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's for your bowling green listeners. Uh did I ever tell you my favorite gads related story. I don't think he would mind if I told it. Uh okay. it, it happened to a dear friend of the show, Tony Rose. Um Mr. Show. Yeah, Mr. Show. Uh, so it's a, a Black Friday several years ago. And you know, it's you know, it's been a few years because the Black Friday deal of all deals was a DVD player was on sale that like he had to get <laughs> so, Was it the
0: same winter that uh, uh, Dominic Toretto and his crew were ripping him off. It, of, I uh, think it was.
2: A Fast and Furious. Joke. They just nice. steal DVD players in those movies. Yeah. Oh, I got into a heated discussion about that with somebody where I was like, now they're like, they're, they're they've got nuclear submarine. Yeah, whatever." Um, so it, it's a it's a Black Friday where it's it's downpouring, just raining. It's miserable outside. Mister Show lives in an apartment down near. Gads, yeah, the Great American Donut Shop, for those who are not huh. familiar with Bowling Green. The 24-hour donut shop that is like a, a haven for college kids. Free and, college
0: kids best yeah. friend, yeah. Oh, oh it's
2: great. You so, don't know how angry I am with both of you right now for the <laughs> fact that I've never
0: been taken to the local oh. donut shop in Bowling Green.
2: No, don't worry. You'll you'll go there next time you're here. We'll, it's awesome. Like It's really good. Me and, hop and my DeLorean. Let me crank it back to like 2005
0: yep. and we'll make it happen, okay?
2: And, and so yep. he's... He's uh, he's he's like okay I've got time before Best Buy opens uh, and I need to go get my DVD player I'm going to stop in at Gads and get get some donuts and he lives about a a mile mile and a half from the the donut shop so he pulls in it's downpouring it's raining he gets out of his car door closes shit he realizes that he just locked his keys in his car. And the car is still dun, running dun. And, it's, oh. and it's downpouring and he's pissed off and it's like 2 a.m. So he goes in and, you know, ding, ding. No one, no one else is in the shop. Just the guy that's like rolling out the donuts. So now you just in your head. Imagine the guy, uh Asian proprietor of the store. Just rolling out the donut, right? Just rolling out the dough. Mr. Show stands there and he says, in his defeated voice, he's like, "Man, he goes, I just locked my keys in my car, and it's downpouring." Without even looking, like the guy just—he's rolling the dough. He just stops and he goes, "Sounds like you shit out of luck," and just keeps rolling. It goes back to rolling the dough. <laughs> Tony goes, (laughs) yeah, I guess I am, turns and leaves, (laughs) has to walk back to his apartment to wake up his landlord to get the spare key to his apartment so he can get into the apartment to get the spare key for his car, then go back to the car to unlock it so that he can leave in the downpour. Did he still stop to get gads before he went back home? No, no, he was angry at Ah. that point. He was donutless and angry. So, um, so if you ever see me and, and I'm, and I just pretend to like, I'm rolling dough and I stop and I just go, man, you shit out of luck. That's what it's from. <laughs> and it's like, and like, instead of being like, you can use our phone, you can do this, you can do that, whatever. Like, Hey man, like call AAA, a, whatever. No, he's just like, sounds like you shit out of luck and just goes back to just rolling the dough. like DGAF mode on point that night did not care. Hilarious. So uh, so that's that's how that works. Um, uh, that's your dad's story for the week. Great American Donut Shop. Hey. Well, we're sitting here reminiscing. Yeah.
0: About great stuff from the past. Let's jump into our first topic.
2: Yeah. Because it's pretty much the same thing. I like it.
0: So, in case you live under a rock, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, also known as Comic-Con International, or just Comic-Con if you're a filthy noob, uh, was this past week. (laughs) There's more than one Comic-Con. Uh, was this past weekend. And, uh, honestly, the first few days were kind of quiet. We got, like, the Top Gun trailer. Uh, there was one other big, uh, the, the, the Witcher trailer, like, you know, yeah. cool stuff, but like nothing earth shattering. And then just because they could Sunday evening, Marvel brought the house down mm-hmm. and literally might draw to the entire convention. buying the entire phase Four uh, slate uh, all in one 50 minute panel um, <laughs> at breakneck speed, because phase four includes. Ten different titles. Uh, it includes both movies and series that will be coming to uh, Disney Plus. Um, so, if you're on the fence about Disney Plus, if you're a Marvel fan, the only way to stay cut up on Phase Four is to have Disney Plus. Um, so, have fun with that. Uh, but interestingly enough, and we're to the heart of our story, uh, there were several callbacks to Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three, uh, previous movies. The future phase for the most part, most of phase four is new characters, new franchises, new groups. Um, We're getting a returning stuff and returning characters, but even some of them like, you know, Hawkeye's getting a show, which is awesome. But they're also using that to introduce Kate Bishop. So it's a little bit old, a little bit of new, Uh, a lot of new stuff, but lots of callbacks to older things. Um, Three big ones stick out. uh, The Bucky and Falcon series. The main villain will be Baron Zemo, who we haven't seen since the end of Civil War. Um, they got the same actor back, Dan, yeah. Daniel Brühl. Uh, and he's full-on comic book purple mask. Uh, I think it's purple, man, I've been purple, but full-on comic book uh, with the big goofy mask, you know, Baron Zemo. Uh, we also found out the Shang-Chi movie is called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. If Ten Rings sounds familiar, that's the terrorist group that kidnapped Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man 1. Will uh, there be a Sonic duh. the
2: Hedgehog cameo since we're talking about rings? <laughs> I didn't think of more than Ten Rings, I think. Ah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> so, yeah,
0: all the way back in Phase 1, uh, they had a brief cameo. They, they helped fund uh, Whiplash and in, in Iron Man 2. Uh, there's a... Uh, and, and one of the guys trying to buy the Ant Man tech, and Ant Man is from the Ten Rings. There's probably a couple others I'm forgetting. Um, but that, the Ten Rings, as a group, we all kind of like literally me and Scott Cox were talking about that like a week before a Comic Con panel started because uh, we were rewatching all the movies with some friends of ours who'd never seen them. And we were both, you know, we finished Iron Man 3 and we were both like, you know, it's really sad they never did more with the Ten Rings because they were really building that up to be something. And we never really did anything with it. Oh, well. We're not done. Uh, apparently, this movie will dive into what the Ten Rings really is and maybe how it came to be. Uh, furthermore, if you really remember, the tent mm-hmm. was led by a guy called the Mandarin. Uh oh. And if you only watch the movies, you'll think the Mandarin was Ben Kingsley in a bathrobe. Ah. You wouldn't. Be, you wouldn't be wrong entirely. Uh, so in one of the most controversial controversial moves uh, the MCU made, they turned the Mandarin, who was arguably one of uh, Iron Man's biggest uh, nemesis, nemesis, whatever yep. that is, uh, biggest bad guys, into a punchline. Uh, you know, it's a British actor playing this terrorist. She's not real. Uh, they literally pull the rug out from the audience kind of moment. However, pissed off a lot of fans. So back when Marvel was still doing their one-shots, they did a one-shot called All Hail the King, where they kind of retconned that there is a real Mandarin out there, and he's not very happy with this guy named Trevor impersonating him. That was the last we ever heard of that, and again, just like everything else, we kind of wrote it off as, well, that was their backpedal to, you know, pissed off fans, and we're never going to get around to it. Nope! We have cast the real Mandarin in the Shang-Chi movie. So, uh, again, not a whole lot, but those are pretty big callbacks. You know, villains coming back. Or going to, uh, you know, groups we haven't talked about since like phase two. Um, you know, Marvel's pulling some deep cuts here. Um, even in, I don't want to ruin it, but, uh, Spider-Man far from home has some characters who end up being some pretty deep cuts to Marvel lore. So with that in mind, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, beginning of the mcu deep cuts uh but uh so with that in mind um we're talking mcu callbacks and characters groups storylines plot threads something that came up during the mcu that feels like it hasn't really been closed off or it feels like there could have been more there but we didn't um that's what we're talking now uh, i've got a list i'm sure you guys do too uh, i've been talking a while so somebody else jump in what do you guys want to see come back or see more fleshed out, or see closed off.
2: Uh, Flanagan, you want to go first? No, you go. You go. Mine are, but- mine are underwhelming. Never mind. Uh,
0: one thing I'd like to see more of, because I don't think they killed him off, I don't know how you'd pull this off with Iron Man. Maybe in an Iron Manless world, you can bring him back, and he can start trying to, you know, Help the government again and all that kind of shit that he was supposed to be doing with his uh, with his suits. And, you know, he introduced War Machine. Uh, Justin Hammer. Ah, Oh, yeah. I I always want more Sam Rockwell on screen. So. I feel like that would be an interesting thing to go back to. He feels like a character we kind of assumed would pop back up somewhere and they just never did. I totally see Justin Hammer trying to capitalize on the death of Tony Stark to make a buck. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah, like that. I don't know. I don't necessarily know how you'd bring him back. I mean, he's not dead, so it makes it a lot easier. Because, you know, phase one and two, we had that really big problem of killing off every villain. But, but Hammer, for all we know, is just in a jail cell somewhere, maybe. Or on the land from the authorities. I don't know. there you have it
2: and again well see i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, gloss over because i didn't you see i didn't um i didn't chime in and uh talk about how um upset i was that the giant timeline includes no spider-man related anything um and it makes me real sad. Um, and delve into that more later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, w- but when I'm thinking of um, you know open ended things that um, that have been unresolved, uh, one name comes to mind. We've seen only um, one other supporting character come back. Um, I want to see um abomination. Yeah. I want to see the return of abomination because um you know, abomination was not killed and uh we actually um don't ever really see much after that one. I think it was what the Harlem fight. Um and actually, in uh, if you go back, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually also uh, kind of hints that he's in some government facility. Like, he's not dead. He's not like – like, they've got him. So the door is kind of open, and it has – like, he has been mentioned at least. So, um, yeah, I, I think especially if if we're not going to get any more standalone Hulk movies – I feel like uh, bringing back Abomination somehow (laughs) would be fun.
0: Love it. Um, I'm glad you guys all brought those up. Because I have an idea. Um, The first and biggest thing on my list, because I've got a few things written down, but most of them are just kind of, it'd be cool to see this character. This is like a big, this is what I consider to be one of the biggest wasted opportunities of the MCU so far. Um and it's from my least favorite MCU film Iron Man 3, fight me Travis. Um <laughs> or whatever else it did or didn't do, Iron Man 3 introduced and then completely dropped the ball on a group called AIM. That's Advanced Idea Mechanics. If you're unfamiliar with it, if you don't read the comics, AIM are the guys in the yellow beekeeper suits. Yeah. That are they're essentially evil shield I know what you're thinking, isn't that Hydra? Well, kind of. Um, in the comics, AIM was uh, was a splinter faction of Hydra. In the movies, it's, uh, again, basically the idea is they're evil super scientists. Um, they set that up fairly nicely in Iron Man 3, but we dropped it right after Iron Man 3. And we never mentioned AIM again. In the comics, AIM is a Hydra-level, like, ever-present bad guy group. Um, they're basically just developing super science to either make a buck or try to conquer the world with it. Uh, they're famous for their greatest, cre- well, second greatest creation and current leader, uh, MODOK, the something, something organism designed only for killing. Uh, I forget what the acronym stands for. It changes all the time, but it's the giant floaty head guy, um, uh, which, you know, in the right context, I'd love to see in the MCU, <laughs> but aim in general, I feel like that was a great idea of introducing it, and then we didn't use it for anything else. So, if AIM is still out there, uh, you know, maybe they've you know they've they're, they've gone dark, they've gone quiet for a bit. Uh, but if AIM is still out there, still developing super technology for devious, not so good purposes, use them like the bad guy shield. Yeah, various the, purposes. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yes, I love you that guys. Word. Already mentioned. you already mentioned Justin Hammer and Abomination. Yeah. Who are essentially bad guy versions of Avengers. Isn't that crazy? Uh Uh-huh. If AIM is going to be the bad guy, shield, which I think it should be used for, what if our next big Avengers thing is literally a Dark Avengers or
2: (sighs) Masters of Evil, a villain team-up? My gosh! It would be Where? like that time that they made the uh, Power Rangers out of putties, and then they fought each. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. You want the kidding. Psycho Rangers? It would be cooler team. of that. It would be cooler than that. Yeah, than when they made the the Putty Rangers. Yeah, it would be cooler than that. But oh Our my SBD gosh! Team eighteen, whatever. Now we're getting the Power
0: Rangers. aim is <laughs> uh, uh, is it's one again in the comics. It's one of those ever present like it's. Every character can interact with AIM. They're they're always there. They're always up to no good. Every time you think you've squashed them out, there's a new cell popping up somewhere. Um, yeah, you'd probably have to redesign the beat key Pursuit a little bit to be intimidating, but whatever, you can make it work. It's Marvel. Uh, they can make anything work. Uh, I just felt like that was such a... You know, we've already... Um, which was cool, but I thought that they they did away with Hydra too soon and too easily. Uh, because again, in the comics, Hydra is a threat that props up all the time. Hydra never went away. <coughs> but since Hydra's gone in the MCU, AIM could be your next big thing. We haven't seen AIM since Iron Man 3, and we barely saw it in that. So just throwing a line there about, yeah, we were founded by uh, uh, Aldrich Killian, and he's, I think, dead now, um, but we're carrying on his legacy or something like that, whatever. You just do you a know, one ladder to acknowledge it and move on. Um, I really feel like there's that tapped into there. Um, so that's that's my big one. Bring back aim.
2: No, I like that. I didn't I even like think it. of that. That's awesome. That's a good idea. I'm a fan. It's done. Oh.
0: <laughs> I said
2: that. <laughs> um, I, I only have one
0: more, and yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily say this is a callback or anything like that, but especially in... Um, characters uh fate was kind of left up to um i guess is the best way to put it i thought he was really interesting in uh the first guardians of the galaxy movie and he was used in a small kind of uh one scene in infinity war i just really want to see more of the collector yes oh my gosh yes and part of that may have to do with the fact that I just have a tiny man crush on Venicio Del Toro. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, you know, he took what I thought was going to be this throwaway character and made it a really interesting part and in that role. And it was, you know, this integral part of uh, Guardians 1, and it was good to see him back in Infinity War. He, like... Because I feel like if he has all this stuff he's talking about, it can't all just be in one location. Like, he knows Thanos is coming and he literally just abandons part of his collection to go stay with another part of it or something like that, you know? See him in either Thor 4 or Guardians 3. So. Maybe he's crashing on his brother's couch. (laughs) You know, his brother, the Grand Master, a.k.a. Jeff
2: Goldblum. Oh, that'd be great. Holy shit! Oh, I'm not making that up. That's canon. See, I like the collector because I feel like if I was in the Marvel universe, I like stuff so much that that would be me. <laughs> like I just like having stuff. So like, yeah, I feel like like I close most closely identify with the collector, which is like the weirdest. Like everyone else is like, oh, I want to be that superhero. I want to be Captain America. I want to be. Iron Man. I want to be this guy. I want to be that. I'm like I would be. I would be the collector because I would just be just want for stuff. Yeah, I would. I would. I just. I love yep. stuff. So yeah. No. Great pick. I've got. Uh, I've got two more. Four. Uh And one of them is a direct uh a, a direct uh, opposite of uh, Obi John of one of your picks. Uh hey do you guys do you guys like Band of Brothers? Oh yeah. Uh, so how would you like to see a Band of Brothers style uh Howling Commandos series? That would fit in perfectly on uh, Disney Plus or whatever the fuck they're right. calling it. Uh, we haven't seen the Howling Commandos really since uh, Captain America the first Avenger. Uh, and I feel like that is a really easy property and group to follow along with and have them go on, you know, adventures and you can have them, you know, meeting, you know, B and C level, you know, television ranking level bad guys or, you know, a henchman or whatever you can, you can kind of use them to build the universe. Uh, and it would, be an awesome Band of Brothers style, uh, like experience. I mean, they're the freaking Howling Commandos. 100S. I mean, I think that'd be awesome. I remember uh, back in the day reading the uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos uh, comic, and it was literally just like an army comic, and it was awesome. Um, yep, and it it kind of fills a void that, um, uh, you know, the Marvel universe has, and it it's also a great throw because I still feel like the first Avenger is like one of those, it's the, I don't want to say weirdest, but it's, it's, it has such a different feel from all of the other phase one. It's, it's such a love letter to the golden age of comics. And it has like this crazy, awesome look and feel to it. And that's kind of missing now. And having a howling commandos show could kind of throw back to that. So I think that would be awesome.
0: piggyback off that real quick because
2: uh, so they the Howling Commandos do show
0: up for one episode of the Agent Carter series so we know they were active still after World War II so we don't necessarily have to go back to World War II because I know Disney doesn't like doing war stuff so we could just do the Howling Commandos as like an elite unit post World War II and if we're gonna do post World War II Marvel stories why don't we flesh out how the hell S.H.I.E.L.D. came to be Like, why don't we get Peggy Carter back with the Howling Commandos and Howard Stark and really do a proper, like, Origins of S.H.I.E.L.D. series? Yes. Down for that. I'd love it. the agent Carter show was fantastic. Both seasons of it before they canceled it for some reason. Um, but I would love to see that get to come back. And I would love to see more of the Helen commandos in that. Like it, it writes itself,
2: man. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those, like, I cannot believe that they didn't announce something for that. Well, we do know there's more stuff
0: in phase four than they've led on to. Yeah. or, and keep in mind, this is only phase four is 2021. And 20, no, 2020 and 2021. Little, just two years. 10 projects in two years.
2: Isn't that crazy?
0: So yeah, it's a lot of projects, but not a very lot of long time. So even if something is in phase three, you're looking at like three to four years from now. (laughs) So like not that far down the road yet. Yeah. Um, and they already, like Kevin Feige already said at the, the very, you know, he trolled the audience at the very end. And, you know, after they announced all these 10 or 11 projects, he's like, we don't, we didn't even have time to talk about uh, Guardians 3 or Captain Marvel 2 or Black Panther 2 or Fantastic Four. Right. Like, he started name dropping stuff that literally was like, hey, we didn't talk about this yet. Because, you know, D23
2: is in four weeks. Yeah, that's you're going to see weeks such, a, number, yeah. such yeah, an info yeah. dump and, on that uh, one. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I like how all they did was announce Blade. <laughs> Dude, the story behind that is awesome and insane. <clears throat> Literally Mahershala Ali just called Kevin Foggy to set up a meeting. And he just walked in and is like, I want to be Blade. And Kevin Foggy's like, Alright, awesome. They have the reason that movie like the reason that's all they announce is that it's happening and he's playing It's because they don't know what the fuck they're doing yet. They just know it's happening. There's a uh, someone asked Kevin Feige, he's like, look, when rehearsal, when the Ali calls, you answer. So when he called, I was like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, I want to do Blade. And I was just like, that sounds awesome. So that's their plan so far. I think that's a very much uh, he calls. He says that and the only thing you say in response is yes, sir done <laughs> yes making it happen uh, uh, and that's why it also goes back to like you know you're upset to not see spider-man but unless they had a script ready right now it would be 2022 before you saw a spider-man movie again anyway oh so
2: don't worry don't feel too bad i'm about to give them a spider-man script <laughs> don't worry okay. about that and it's gonna be uh, wait, like, let you're let me... gonna go holy shit that's awesome like i'm about to blow your mind on my next turn
0: okay okay uh but let me get mine out of the way real quick uh a character that i love i understand some people don't uh but in this this um this new mcu where we're really pushing for um uh, you know different race and gender and you know everyone gets to be a superhero kind of deal which is awesome i love that that's great um you know we're doing uh mighty thor which is jane foster thor uh got a bone to pick about the which what's to call her there uh lady thor as everyone keeps calling her which is whatever uh we're doing that which is fine that's great i'm excited to see that story i'm excited to see natalie portman coming back to the franchise can we get some love for my girl lady sif who has just been missing since thor the dark world yeah. we know she didn't die because we didn't see her die in Riden rock we just haven't heard shit about her like where is she what's she up to what's going on did she ever meet and fall in love with beta Ray bill um, now nope, I'm trying to push a narrative at all here in oh. our dreams. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my uh, my other big question mark is because for a while there were rumors that they were going to uh, have a Lady Sif series, which would explore more of the the nine or ten realms of, of the Thor universe. See, they haven't announced it yet. It was probably a pipe dream to begin with, but. Where the fuck is Sif? And can we, you know, get some kind of closure on her storyline? Again, I'm probably the only person who cares about Sif and the Warriors 3, but... Eh. I, dude, damn it. So, give me some of that.
2: Hey, like what you like, man. Sorry.
0: Don't be ashamed
2: of dude, it. Dude, I mean, don't get me wrong. I
0: love Valkyrie, but I'd love to see Valkyrie and Sif team up. Ooh. Valkyrie and Sif and Lady Thor. Boom. Wow. Uh, I believe you no, Tyka. I will not call her Mighty Thor because Mighty Thor is the name of the comic, not the character. Sorry. I believe you just rewrote the new Charlie's
2: Angels. <laughs> i fine with that. I have Elizabeth Banks directed. I'm a <laughs> That's just how that happens.
0: Oh man! Welcome MCU. I just gave you your own Charlie Thor's Angels. Bam! There Thor, it is. Thor's
2: Angels, right there.
0: Flanagan, I thought of another one, but I feel like I'm going to steal your thunder if I say my next one, so I'm going to let you go. I don't know. Mine's,
2: mine's, mine's a deep cut. Mine's a pretty deep cut uh, from a very divisive movie. And I, I'm, I'm picking something that um, is. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people.
0: Yeah. We're all intrigued now, so you better just go. All
2: right. So, uh, do Iron Man. You want me to go first? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I guarantee you, you will not take mine. And I'm
0: sure they're going to touch on him again because of the stuff you've seen. And if you've seen Far From Home, they definitely kind of set up some sort of scenario. But
2: I, I hope we're not done with Vulture. Oh, I hope not. No, I, hope, I feel like we're not. No, I feel I feel like there's a some kind of Sinister Six thing coming. For yeah, sure. but At some point, and he'll be a part of that for sure. And again, you can get
0: sorry. I completely agree with you guys, but but
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. If if you can get Michael Keaton back, you don't say no. Yeah, no, you keep him (laughs) under contract. I'm sure they contracted him for like three or four movies that they were like (laughs) They meditate to show everyone. Hey, look, he's not dead. He's just in
0: prison. Look, he's yeah. not dead.
2: Yeah. You just like you keep Batman on contract. Like that. If you can get Batman <laughs> under contract, you keep Batman on contract. You don't let him go. If you're Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. If you're Marvel, you keep Batman on contract. <laughs> That's just it. So. Oh man. Alright. So uh I don't know how you guys felt about Iron Man 3. Some people loved it. Some people hated it and there was one specific character that they started something with and we haven't circled back and at first I was like, well, there's no need. But then I was like, holy shit, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. So, uh, let's see the actor. Hold on. I'm going to get the actor, uh, Ty Simpkins as Harley Keener uh the little kid uh who was the kid of the uh the single mom who uh you know was there for tony stark when he needed him and kind of it's implied that tony stark um you know uh, helps uh you he, he uses his money to basically um help the kid along in his life and help kind of nurture his uh his intellect and all of that and at first, because I was,
0: they confused everyone at the funeral at Endgame.
2: Yeah, and and I was like, well, shit, like we don't need that because we got Peter Parker for that now. Like Peter Parker's in the in the MCU, and he kind of took on that role. But then I was like, shit, what if, what if they 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 meet and they talk about, you know, how much Tony Stark and Iron Man meant to them both, and then. It grows Peter Parker up and kind of evolves that character to not necessarily become Iron Man, but to kind of, you know, grow up in that way and kind of become less the mentee and more of the mentor and kind of continue on. He sees it kind of as Tony Stark's – like a a Tony Stark legacy that he can help build and grow and – you know, it just adds another dimension to their relationship and Peter Parker as a character. And it's, it's a deep cut. And it Problems ties on up, that. Yeah, like, I, I was... I, uh, I was trying to think of stuff for Spider-Man. Really, I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of loose-end Spider-Man stuff, so that one's kind of like... It hasn't been around that long yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, like, grasping at straws to tie it into Spider-Man, but... Like it's a it's it's a loose end character that like at the time was like, I feel like we're moving forward with this. I feel like he's going to have a part going forward, and you know, I haven't seen much of him, barely anything. And I think that's a perfect way to basically keep Iron Man not that you really not not that they're gonna have trouble keeping Iron Man in the conversation going forward, but you know, a, a, a constant visual of Iron Man. And it gives also um, a, a cool, interesting thing for uh, Peter Parker to wrestle with. So I'm all for anything that moves Peter
0: Parker out of the Iron Man Jr. role. Yeah. And lets him just be fucking Spider-Man. Yep.
2: So I think Do you that, hope we're done with
0: that shit. Yeah, I, I like. hope so. I get it with the first movie. You wanted it to really shoehorn Spider Man into the MCU. Cool, fine. This movie, you had to address what happened in Endgame. Okay, fine, cool. I yeah. get it. Whatever, whatever. Please be done with that now. Just he doesn't need a suit. He's fucking Spider Man. Sorry. Yeah, no. And I'm not All even right. going to start. In my,
2: I'm not even going to start in my argument about how pissed off I get about uh, two or three new costumes per movie that everybody's getting now and how much it just pisses me off from a cosplayer perspective. I get mad. Uh, um, yeah. I get uh, mad. I just, um, <laughs> we got to sell those action figures. man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's Here's... what it is. It's all about the toys and that's what pisses me up, Cause I know it's not going to change, but I'm like, man, every time it's like, it's outdated. Here's, here's the dirty
0: little secret they're gonna marvel's gonna put spider-man in as many different suits per movie as they can because the deal with sony marvel doesn't get any of the box office marvel gets the merchandise so as many different spidey action figure variants that we can sell from each movie that's for marvel's getting their money off spider-man that makes me. I'm sure that. by the next one he'll have like 18 suits per movie.
2: Yeah. Well, now have you seen like all the pop vinyls where it's like the variants are like uh stealth suit goggles up, stealth suit goggles down. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, not,
0: by the way, by the way, it's not stealth suit anymore, guys. The movie's out now. We all know it's called
2: Night Monkey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Veil has been lifted. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I'm just I get so pissed off because I'm like that's why that's why my Spider Man outfit is uh the comic book. Because I'm like The comic book, like it, it that's the classic look that no one is gonna be like, Oh, that's two movies old. <laughs> right there, Missy <with> Buddy. <laughs> they do the same thing at the horror. Oh, I'm so pissed off about it. And I know there's nothing I can do. I, I, I'm like joke pissed off. I'm not really pissed off, but it's just like it's real annoying when they when it's like you see the toys and there's like eight different costumes and you're just like, Motherf. well, I mean, narratively
0: now he's come full circle and like, yeah, he got the cool suit from Tony, but now he made his own cool suit with Tony's tech. Yeah, so we're back to a suit that he technically made by himself so
2: we can be done now. All right, let's hope so. Until we get to the uh, symbiote, and then it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> uh, <sighs> that might be a, the other reason you don't see any Spider-Man movies
0: on this this next wave. Is uh their five movie deal with Sony's done now. Yeah. Either that contract gets renewed, or we say goodbye to Tom
2: Holland and he goes back to Sony. If they if they don't renew that, if Sony does not renew that, that they are they hate money. That's the only thing yeah, I can it, think of is they hate money. Look, it makes sense, but here's what scares me: is
0: Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse did really well because it was I great. Um, Venom, for whatever reason, did really well at the box office. So real bad. I believe, yeah, the but Sony made money, <laughs> so they might be in that headspace of no, 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 no. We got our shit together. We can handle Spider-Man. Yeah, go ahead and give him back to us, Marvel. We got this. That's my fear. That's what keeps me up at night kids.
2: <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. you're going to if they announce that, like if something comes out and, you know, that news story breaks, like, do not call me that day. Do not text me that day. I will be inconsolable and I will hate everyone. My, my condolences, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, if that day comes and they're like, Sony has said that they are taking all the Spider Man stuff back and he's going to be in the Venom universe, like, I'm going to break everything in my arm's reach.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what Sony is prepping for. That's why they're making a Venom movie and a Morbius movie and they're prepping a Craven movie. They're literally building a universe. To at some point put Spider-Man into.
2: I hate them for it. I hate them. Think about so that
0: for a second. That's exactly what they're doing.
2: I hate them okay. for it. It's it's I, I hate them. I hate them for it. I think we can stall that as long as possible. They are Sony is uh, you know Spider-Man's foster parents. He's they're not his real parents. Like they don't treat him right. <laughs> Marvel is his real. He belongs with his real parents in Marvel. Marvel
0: had a rough time. They were in a bad place. They couldn't take good care of Spider Man.
2: They've got it together now, though. They're fine. They filed for bankruptcy. Give them custody. Give Marvel custody back. Marvel's doing better now, and it really wants to get Spider Man back. Yeah, I mean, now they've got a they've got a steady uh, job. They've got you know they haven't they haven't you know they haven't been they've been clean for so long. Like <laughs> let them let them have Spider Man back. They're upstanding. They're paying hashtag, taxes. Wait.
0: Here's the problem, though. Sony's <laughs> <It's>, desperate. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Every <laughs> franchise Sony's trying to launch has failed. Sorry, Coran. So hashtag make Spider-Man Marvel again? <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, It makes me so sad uh, to see o- that only broken when home. You're, if Men in Black International, then better, maybe. Yeah, Men or in Black any of the other franchises they had tried to launch had done better, maybe. You want to talk oh, about... man, that
2: Slenderman movie was fucking awesome. You want to talk about <laughs> a flaming pile of shit worse than my computer? That was Men in Black International. It wasn't Men in Black too bad. Uh, well, that's true, but what is? Ugh. Uh, Isn't
0: that um, real quick, then I've got one last thing to tie yeah, up. Uh, yeah. There's something we've heard talked about and mentioned many throughout the MCU from Phase 1 all the way up to Endgame. Um, but we still don't know what the hell exactly they're referencing. Um, and I was really hoping we'd get to see it in an upcoming movie, but they, they told us when this movie's taking place and it's not going to happen. Um, I'm talking about Hawkeye and Black Widow and what the hell happened in Budapest. Yeah. Uh, we, they've been talking about it since, since Avengers in Phase 1. They reference it again in Endgame. I was really hoping that's what the Black Widow movie would be. However, we now know that the Black Widow movie, well, yes, it does take place back further in the timeline for reasons that are obvious if you've seen Endgame. Um, However, it's not quite that far back. It takes place after the events of Civil War. So whatever happened in Budapest has already happened in Budapest. I got really excited because one of the actual filming locations for the Black Widow movie... Is Budapest.
2: That just makes no sense to me.
0: <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, surely we're going to get that story. Uh, they've not, uh, yes, unless yeah, I don't think it's happening in that movie. Uh, and Hawkeye's getting a series, but it's it's not that far back in the timeline. So I still want to see and maybe Black Widow will do well and they'll have to figure out how to make another sequel with the character who's not around anymore. Um, and they'll do, finally do, you know, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Budapest. Uh, but the, what happened i want the details uh, i don't care if it's a prequel we're backtracking and it doesn't really matter i still want i still want that story fleshed out because their relationship is one of the coolest in the mcu um and i would love to see that whole you know again they reference things that happened and, and they talk about their history but i would love to see that history so
2: do we really need to see what happens after civil war with like anything Oh. really, like and if they're doing what I th- if they're doing what I think they're doing, then yes. I mean, it's just such a weird place for it to be. Like that's just such a weird. That would be like they would seriously be like, okay, Star Wars is doing a new movie, and it's between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like, okay, uh, you mean they're doing okay, but why? They're doing Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, like, uh, like okay, but, that would get, be uh, uh, that like, would be awesome. Like. Eh. <laughs> I, I can
0: understand you're frustrated. I think they picked that time frame because one, it has to be before Endgame. Uh, well, yeah, two, well, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, that's a time. So after the events of Civil War is when Black Widow is kind of on the run. Uh, so it would you know they basically just the end of Civil War, and we don't see her again until um,
2: she pops up in Infinity War. Okay. Well, okay. Or how about this? She's gone blonde, and she's hiding. How about this? How about that? But this this might be a better this might be a better parallel. Uh, and yep. you're you're going to say that you're going to love it anyway because uh, what it would be love like me. them coming out and saying we're going to do an Obi Wan movie between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Like fucking why? You had me an Obi Wan. I know, right? And so... that's why. That's why. As soon as I thought of it, I was like, <laughs> "That's a great example." And then I was like, "Shit, not for him." But well, uh... <laughs> I think the the
0: t- <laughs> I get what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I get it. And it does make sense. Uh, however,
0: I think what this movie is really about is one, giving us a nice proper goodbye for, for uh, Natasha because, you know, that little owl oh. lake doesn't really count. Um, and more importantly, I'm 99.999% sure this is introducing a character which will become the new Black Widow. Uh-huh. And they want to go back and make it um, sort of a legacy character and and connect that Natasha and this character knew each other and had a history but they didn't do that already so we're going back to do that because uh, there's a character listed who and if you know your comics you know there have been multiple black widows uh, literally there's a blonde and brunette and a redhead uh, depending on when you're reading the character uh, so I have a feeling what we're doing is setting up a character that's going to take on that mantle
2: well listen I trust you because I it's said you that, that. and I trust I trust you That it's not going to be turdy because it's you, Uh, but just know that um, I have my reservations. I don't doubt you. Uh, (laughs) You you shouldn't doubt me because uh, I do have my reservations.
0: We are getting Taskmaster in it, who's uh, I know if Julian was here, he'd be you know changing his pants right now because Taskmaster is awesome. We're also getting David Harbour as a character that i'm excited like i'm excited to see david harbour get work no matter what he's doing but he's playing uh, a character who in the comics was the red guardian which is literally soviet russia's captain america and he's so david harbour showed up wearing a captain america t-shirt and someone asked him about captain america and he says "Uh, my character has very complicated feelings about him uh, so I'm really hoping at some point there's some kind of flashback of David Harbor suited up as Red Guardian with but, the big shield and everything. Uh, that would just make my day.
2: I'm in. I'm in. If it's David, like David Harbor, I'm good with. I'm in. See? I'm back. He's, he's awesome. I'm
0: excited to see what they do with him. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. No,
2: it's cool.
0: uh, Budapest. I would love to see that story finally told because we keep referencing to it. And granted, if it's going to be like Nick Fury's
2: eye, then never mind. Don't do it.
0: Um, but... <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, that's all I got. As long as they uh, don't do uh, uh, where, you know, they they do a poster where the the wrong eye is patched, then <laughs> it's fine. Because that doesn't happen. I don't know. Samuel Jackson's response was kind of worth it. Yeah, that was that was pretty damn awesome. He was he was not tolerant of that shit. I don't know. All right, any other callbacks? Want to? Uh... Either deep cuts
0: from the MCU we want to see come back, or are we done with this? I think we're done.
2: Yeah. I think. Good picks, guys. Um, yeah. that was I'd good love to stuff. see any of that happen. Uh, special honorable mention to uh, Donald Glover as um, uh, the Prowler, uh, which would be great. I but... <laughs> feel like we're not done with that. No, yeah, we're definitely not done with that. But anyway, uh, so we're going to have to do this a little bit differently this week. You're going to have to bear with me while I work this technology uh, and work all these buttons. There's going to be a brief pause in between each one, uh, the intro, the actual part, and then the closing. So bear with me. Don't send me any poorly written hate mail. Uh, but... i sure it's well-written hate mail. Yeah, it, 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 if you're gonna write hate mail, at least make it well written. Because don't write it in crayon. Don't write it. You know, don't send it to the wrong email address. Like, do it right. That's that. That's how little I think of the people that write hate mail to us. You can't spell, and you're stupid. But no, I'm I'm, I'm teasing. Um. So if uh we have uh listeners. That, uh, really like the show, really support the show and their way of showing that they support the show is they send us stuff. They send us stuff that they want us to hear or see or whatever. Uh, and one of our favorite contributors is our listener, Martha from, uh, across the pond. And I think that this has quickly become one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite segments and if you're not familiar familiar with uh martha reads the quotes the classics i'll get it right at some point uh well then you're in for a treat do you guys have any guesses as to what the the classic quote could be we've had like the uh Nineteen ninety Ninja Turtles movie. We've had Ghostbusters, okay. we've had Top Gun, we've had all of these movies. Jaws, V for Vendetta, Braveheart. What do you guys think it this week is? I'm gonna go up for broke. All right.
0: It's the Tommy Lee Jones, manhunt, uh, Ooh. outhouse, backhouse, and whatever uh speech from uh the fugitive. Good pick. we go with I'm gonna go with the uh the Pulp Fiction. Say what again, motherfucker!
2: Oh, oh, that would also be. Oh, oh, oh man! All right, so bear I'm with change me. my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me just a moment. Here we go. We're going to go to this week's new Martha. Here it is. Let's see who's right.
1: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Martha Gildner quotes the classics with your host. Martha Gildner. I reckon you'd want to know what it is I'm doing in here. I reckon the reason I'm in here is because I killed somebody, yeah. But I reckon, reckon that you'd want to know is how come he killed somebody. (laughs) So I reckon I'll start from the front, yeah. (laughs) I lived out Back at my mother and father's place. Most of my life in a little old shed that my daddy built for me. They didn't too much want me up there in the house with the rest of them. Mostly I just sit out there in the shed looking at the ground. I didn't have no floor out there, but I had me a hole dug in the ground to lay down in. A quilt the two to put down there. My father was a hard-working man most of his life. Not that I can say the same for myself. I mostly would just sit around out there in the shed, take it around with an old lawnmower or two. Went to school off and on from time to time. But the children out there, they were they were very cruel to me, made quite a bit of sport of me, make fun of me quite a bit. Mostly I would just sit around out there in the shed. My daddy worked out the sawmill, down the planet mill for an old man named Dixon. Old man Dixon, he was a he was a very cruel fella. Didn't treat his employees very well, no. Didn't pay him too much for wage, didn't pay my daddy too much for wage, just barely enough to get by, I reckon. But I reckon he got by alright, yeah. They used to come out one to the other of 'em. And my mom feed me pretty regular. Well, I know he made enough where I could have mustard and biscuits three, or four times a week. Oh, mustard and biscuits, you Yanks! You don't even know what a proper biscuit is. It's called a scone. You put jam on it. You don't you don't put mustard on it or that, that that salty white paste you call gravy. Yanks. Well, old man, Dixon, had a he had a boy named Jesse Dixon. Jesse was really more cruel than his daddy was. Hmm. Used to, he used to make quite a bit of sport of me when I was down there at the schoolhouse. He used to take advantage of the little girls in the neighborhood. They used to, he used to say that my my mom was a was a pretty woman. They said that quite a bit from time to time when I'd be down there at the schoolhouse. Well. I reckon you want me to get on with it and tell you what happened, so I, I reckon I'll tell you. I was sitting out there in the shed one evening, not doing too much or nothing, just, just kind of staring at the walls, yeah. Waiting on my mother to come out and give me my Bible lesson, yeah. But I heard a commotion up in the house, so, so I run up on the screened-in porch to see what was going on. I looked in the window there, and I seen my mum laying on the floor without any clothes on. I seen Jesse, Jesse Dixon laying on top of her. He was having his way with her. Well, well I'd just seen red. So I picked up a Kaiser blade, just sitting there by the screen door. Some folks calls it a sling blade. I, I calls it a Kaiser blade. It's got a long wooden handle, kind of like an axe handle. Long, long blade on top of it shaped kind of like a banana. Yeah. Sharp on one edge, dull on the other. What the- what the highway boys used to cut down the weeds and whatnot. Well, I went in there in the house and I hit Jesse Dixon upside the head with it. Knocked him right off me mum. And I reckon that didn't satisfy me, so I hit him again. With it in the neck, with a sharp edge. Plum cut his head off, yes. Killed him. And my mother, well, she jumped up and started hollering, what would you kill Jesse for? What'd, what'd you kill Jesse for? Well come to find out, I don't reckon my mother minded what Jesse was a doing doing. Reckon that made me matter than what Jesse made me. So I I've taken a Kaiser blade. some folks calls it a Sling Blade, I, I, calls it a Kaiser blade, and I hit my mother upside the head with it. Killed her! This has been another episode of Martha Gildner Quotes the Classics with Martha Gildner.
0: Well played Martha well played
2: that's, uh, yeah all you can do with that is clap because that's fantastic um,
0: that was a good one that was a good not anything I think I ever would have guessed either
2: <laughs> And I, I said you know I'm not a a sling blade guy like it's not one of my favorite movies it's not one that like I'll seek out and watch but I was like damn that was a good one that was a good entry Martha as you you go off script makes the show <laughs> right oh good stuff loved it loved it so uh, I think that brings us to the mutated half new half old <laughs> and I used mutated key right there uh, topic feature bit segment whatever you want to call it because, in episodes past, we have done fix a franchise we've looked at uh, you know different franchises, different properties in their current state, and said, "What can we do to fix them? What can we do to you know return them to prominence that they once had? What can we do to to help make where they are better and we're gonna kind of do that we're going to fix something all right, but we're going to take one specific movie and we're going to fix it. And by that, I mean, we're not going, it's not like fantasy. Like if you had unlimited resources and unlimited everything and you could cast everybody and everybody would like, yeah, you you can't be like, oh, well, you know, that guy just wouldn't be an asshole and then we'll make this movie. <laughs> like, you have to work in the parameters of reality. Like, you can't be like, oh, well, you know, we would have everybody back for the sequel, and it would be great, and this and that, because, you know, you you have to go by the same parameters that, you know, the, the writer, director, producer, all of that stuff, how that happens. Basically, the way that we were talking about it before we went on the air was, if you were you know, a producer executive at the movie studio and the person making the movie came up to you and was like, Hey, here's the rough cut. Here's the work print. Here's what we've got. You know, we still have everybody for like two weeks on contract. We can call people back and do scenes, whatever. Um, but here's what we've got. Do you like it? Do you not like it? How do you want, like, what changes do you want to make to make this movie? And, uh, we all pitched movies, uh, the three of us all, all pitched movies. And we, uh, before he got sucked into the, uh, the Springfield bottomless pit, uh, with Ozzie Smith, Julian picked the movie that we are going to fix. So if you would with me, and I don't know how long it's been, John, I know you watched it really recently. So
0: I hadn't seen it in a while So I watched it the other day uh, Just to get
2: up to par on it So this will ring a bell for you So let's take you back The year is 1989 <laughs> Imagine if you will It's summertime The class The graduating class 1989 of Crystal Lake High is looking forward to their New York City trip, not realizing that two dipshits in their class are about to uh, re-energize and and bring back to life Crystal Lake's most notorious mass murderer. We're talking about Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes a Boat Ride.
1: (laughs) No, No, try it again,
2: try it again. Oh, Jason Takes Manhattan featuring it is. the one of the most fun trailers I've ever seen uh, with Jason standing overlooking New York City while New York, New York plays and one of the greatest movie posters of all time before it was uh, before they were threatened with a lawsuit Um, unfortunately the movie just does not live up to Either the trailer on so many levels, or, or the poster, and uh, I know I don't know if you guys know this or not. I am a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan. Never heard you mention that before. I know, shocking. Um, uh, it's not something I like to talk about at all. I don't have a Jason keychain or anything like that. Um, I don't have a hockey mask signed by nine people who have played Jason. You know, I just, I don't really care. I have a personal feud with one of the Jasons. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, the show is a, was a dear friend to Steve dash who played uh, Jason in part two. Um, I have been um, trying to uh, fix this movie since I first saw it in like 1998. <laughs> So I have a pretty intricate, in-depth story of Fixing Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. But I have I, a feeling you and I are thinking on parallel levels on this one. I cannot wait to hear what you guys um, have come up with. And I want to also note, we've got two other movies in the hopper that were pitched. Yes, we do. So, well, maybe three. Um, Maybe yeah, three two maybe three yeah we've got we've got uh, we've been tossing around ideas, and then at the end we've got we've got more, but uh, this is definitely not the last of fix a film or whatever the hell we're gonna call it um see that's a, that's also a callback um hey. you see that uh that you're gonna hear uh over the summer uh while we play where in the world is Julie in San Diego so. <laughs> yeah. I can start. Somebody else can start. Um, I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but we're gonna fix so Friday the Thirteenth eight. I took three and a half pages of notes while well, watching
0: it the other day. Uh, I cause, love cause it. Me. I, love me. This. Uh, I also I watched the movie and then I watched uh, a bunch of the behind the scenes yep. features on the Blu-ray and then I popped in my copy of Crystal Lake Memories yeah. and jumped right to the, the part about part eight um, to try to get as much background info as I can, because the, the way I approach this is just what you said. I put myself in the, the position of. If I'm a producer in. 88 89 and someone just screened that for me as here's our assembly cut of the movie right what, what are your notes okay where do we go from here <laughs> so i wanted to know as much as i could about how was it shot where was it shot all that kind of stuff so that i could try to realistically say here's what should have been done or could have been done to help fix it. And again, like you said, this isn't like a fantasy draft where it's like, well, just give them $500 million and shoot the whole script they had written for New York, where they're, you know, boxing in Madison square garden and have a car chase on the Brooklyn bridge. Like, yeah, that's not an option. No,
2: no. You're Uh, limited by the same constraints that, you know, the studio gave the director and the producers Um, you know, it's not just like a, you know, here's a blank check, just fantasy, fix it. Like this is realistic. Try and fix the movie that caused Paramount to sell Friday the 13th as a franchise. Yeah, this is a tall order, Uh, man. This is tough. On those three and a half pages. Uh,
0: I condensed it down. I think there's one central and there's two ways to fix it. Okay. Um, I think the biggest problem of this movie is the setting, and from what I've gathered, so this started as there were two different ideas for this movie. Uh, one was the Jason goes to New York, where you know Jason's because basically the writer director whose name I've already
2: forgotten, Rob, is uh, something or other. Rob, Rob, my, his name is. Rob who gives a fuck my
0: copious notes name. I didn't
2: write that down um, I'm going to look it up but he, I'm going to call asked, him Rob what's his fuck
0: okay uh, when Rob what's his face asked uh, does does it have to be in Crystal Lake and the producer said well no so his ideas from that point on were, well, if we can move it outside of that location was let's take him to the city and the producer said well, if you're going to take him to the city do New York and Rob, he was
2: like, okay, sure. Rob Hedden, who wrote and directed, yeah. he wrote, he was the writer and yes. director. So keep that in mind as well. The, the other,
0: the cruise ship, which I don't know whose idea that was, but they, so they were, they started as two completely different concepts. For whatever reason, they decided to mash into one project, the results of which speak
2: for themselves. Yeah, it's not, it, it's sure. just very unfocused on what it wants to be. Uh, so I think that's the biggest
0: problem. Mm-hmm. And the two ways to fix... One way to fix the two choices. Cut out one of those settings. Uh, either it's in New York. One or the other.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, And i need depth that on that later. But that's, that's sort of my summary of what I think needs to be fixed about the movie. Uh, right. But I will shut up and let you guys talk. I have one thing that truly and really came to mind quickly about this. Does <laughs> your notes just say, burn all, it? Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, the, the visions of drowning kid Jason Oh uh, yeah. that are seen throughout the movie. got a plan for those. I just want them gone. They. Uh, I, have a, I have a plan for those. Remove them from the fucking movie, because that's the best idea. <laughs> okay. No, that, yeah, they um, don't work.
2: But. They they really don't like. Well, and the 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 weird like she has history and a weird like sort of psychic link to Jason, but kind of, but not really. And you know, it's just it's like it's never, find, Yeah, yeah, it's like never really developed. It's kind of hinted at in the weird flashbacks and with her creepy uncle. And like, Ugh. it's like it's, it's 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 like they started down that path and then we're like fuck it we're out of time we're out of money like who really cares just move on i don't disagree with you caron yeah yeah there's i mean
0: there's a couple other things that i would probably cut out but they're like kind of minuscule um i i think the whole thing of the teacher to make it look like he's seducing her is kinda uh, doubt, but it just felt, like, cheap. And, um, do you remember the girl gets injected with heroin and it has zero effect on her? Yeah. Uh... Oh, you mean the creepiest fucking scene in the whole movie that has nothing to do with Jason? Mm-hmm. Where she gets held up at gunpoint, kidnapped, dumped up with drugs, and about to be raped? Yeah, yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, it's weird. Um, hard no on pretty much all of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. Where uh, Jason becomes weird. her savior? God, that was fucked up. Much like the scenes with Kid Jason, they it, that entire segment just doesn't work. If anything, you can have those drug addicts uh, they run past them. They try and stop them. They all get away. And then like, they're angry and they see this dude in a hockey mask and they decide to kick his ass. And he still just fucks all of them up.
2: Because that just was takes this. Yeah. That was Kane Hodder before. I Sorry, he go was ahead, a, man. I just meant that was Kane Hodder before I thought he was a douchebag. Go ahead. <laughs> before, <he> knew, <laughs> before I knew the truth. Not really. We've buried the hatchet now. It's fine. Ready.
0: And you buried that. You beat me to that by, by two yeah, seconds.
2: Yeah, He buried it in my um, face. He missed. He missed my face by like two inches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just
0: those two things are just automatically they're gone. Cutting room
2: floor for me. Yeah, and rightfully so because they both they they don't. Here is the problem with those is bo- both the child scenes and the 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 drug addict weird part. They don't add anything to the story, to any of the characters, to the plot, to any to the movie in general. Like they don't add anything at all. So yeah, easily cut. Done. I'm going to
0: go even more extreme than that. Um uh, cut everything that has to do with New York. Oh wow. You say just do the cruise ship. Literally. So and and, and this is my pitch. Like I said, I think I think the problem is the setting. And you needed you got to cut one and stick with just the one setting. The most cost effective way to do that is to cut the New York shit. They only shot for, in, in New York for one week to get you know that big glory shot of uh, Jason in Times Square. Yeah, everything else was sets or in Vancouver, which you can tell because they have the most Canadian sounding New York cop I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, cut all that shit. They we know again from from the, the looking into the history of the production. One of the big plot holes in the movies is is so we start out this cruise. It's the entire graduating senior class. By the time we evacuate the boat, we're down to like a teacher and four students. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's four or five. We right? don't see
0: bad. that many people get killed on the ship. Yeah. What happened to everybody? They all drowned. Well, yeah, eventually. (laughs) Uh, They shot shot more kills than ended up in the movie. They were trying to cut down the time on the boat to get to New York faster. Uh, So I say the opposite. Cut all the New York shit. Amp up your time on the boat. New York doesn't work. I'm not scared of Jason when I'm standing out in Times Square surrounded by other people and cops and neon lights. It doesn't work. It's not scary. I'm not saying the boat is scary because <laughs> it's not, <laughs> no. but it's you can do more with it. You're in tight, enclosed spaces. You can make it tar- uh, dark. You can make it uh, uh, claustrophobic. You can go full alien with this thing and and really ten- you know do it that way. I'm not saying it works well, but it works better than in the middle of a giant crowded city. Um, So your new opening is that couple on the boat where the guy literally recaps to his girlfriend, the history of Jason. Yep. There's your opening right there. We get the resurrection of Jason and now we're off to the races. Uh, We meet the rest of the class. We get on the boat. We're on the boat. The whole movie, we stretch out that middle section, a lot more Jason kills before they realize Jason's there. Um the only hiccup is you need a new ending uh, because you're not going to kill Jason Hikes ex- exposing him to the toxic waste that's flushed through the sewers of Times Square every night if I follow that plot correctly yep,
2: that's exactly right that's what happens every, okay. uh, every, okay. every night they flush out all the toxic waste I
0: was getting a little loopy at that point so yeah the movie just I takes had, a I weird had, turn I had that written down as a question mark <laughs> um so I ditched that opening. Um, use the lead scenes to stretch out. Um, the couple on the boat is new opening, um, and, and then the scenes with the, that whole storyline with with Rennie and Jason. There's something there. It doesn't quite work, but you can cut out the dumber parts and leave it. They keep talking about her problem and her issue, but they like they want to make it a mystery. But their way of doing that is just withholding information from you. Like that's not what makes it a mystery. <laughs> Tell us she's got a fear of water. Tell us she almost drowned when she was a kid. Tell us it was because, you know, her uncle taught her she used to go to Crystal Lake on the weekends or whatever, and her, you know, uncle or dad or whoever it was taught her to swim. Tell us that. That's fine. She's got a fear of water. We can work with that. Then, you know, have her with the, you don't have to show the whole hallucination, but every hallucination is, is preempted by her looking at water. So you just cut out the crazy hallucination of, of, you know, young Jason coming. Just She looks at water, and it makes her freeze up and get scared. Fine. Your third act reveal is she almost drowned because ghost of kid Jason almost drowned her. Ooh,
2: okay. All right.
0: They have that whole fear of water angle because you're now set on a boat in well, okay a lake we'll call it a really big lake it's not the fucking ocean um uh, play that whole angle up you're surrounded by the things she's afraid of and she's got that choice of okay well i can escape but i gotta jump off into the water and i'm terrified of water my other option options the that's interesting yeah uh, so uh that's my suggestion the only problem is you gotta reshoot your ending and which, again, you don't have to go huge for. We know they used um, a fake ship, uh, like a fake side of the ship for a bunch of scenes. Yeah. So all you need is like five actors, that rowboat, a tank, and that fake side of the ship. You got your new ending. Um, I've got some suggestions, but we can get into that later. But that's my suggestions. Cut all of the New York shit. Stay on the boat. All right. What's your title for that movie? The 13th Part 8, Lake Blood. Ooh. Damn, you actually had me ready. <laughs> I was ready for that.
2: <laughs> nice, nice,
1: nice.
0: Cape like Legend of Lake Blood if you want to get, you know. see with it.
2: I like it. I would watch that movie.
0: Probably buy it on Blu-ray. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'd buy it as part of the complete collection. I'd buy that for a dollar. You damn right. Cough up a buck, you cheap bastard. Uh, if
0: I really add lots of time, um, can we talk about the kills in this movie how, and how dumb they are? Yeah, there's only
2: one really good one. Tar? Uh, no the uh, the boxing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Julius. <laughs> okay, I know it's iconic, but that has yeah. not aged well. It's not it, it looks dumb, but it's it's so much fun. And it's such a great idea where like he lets the boxer just tire himself out, and you know, first of all, this guy's supposed to be like the best boxer in all of the high school, and he 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 hits Jason like five times and is like so winded, like he gets gassed way too quick. Defeated. He just gets his ass beat. Oh, that that kill is probably my favorite. No, the guitar one's pretty awesome.
0: I do like the guitar one as well.
2: It also makes me laugh that the director still has the guitar with the blood stain on it.
0: But I would take a thousand director. Yeah,
2: I mean that—that's a hell of a prop, man. It's a hell of a prop to take. You got a bone to pick with gun media about their weapon choices. <laughs> yeah, I got a bone to pick with gun media about a ton of shit. <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> <with them> <laughs> I'm not done with them yet. I'm not done with them.
0: Um. Just like, there were so many cool setups. Yeah, uh, there's the one where Jason sneaks on the bridge. He grabs a harpoon. He's sneaking up. It's a really cool shot. He's sneaking up behind the I think it's the first mate who's at the helm, and like it's it's raining, so the the window you're looking through is kind of obscured with the rain. But you see the silhouette moving in. I'm like, oh wow, that's a really cool looking. Like that shot just looks really cool. And I know what's about to happen. He's about to impale this guy with the harpoon. That's awesome. And in my mind, I'm building it up as, oh, he's gonna like stab him and we're gonna see it poke through his chest and like stab you know, like break the the glass on the windshield. Like, oh, it's an awesome shot. And then you see him mime like he's shoveling dirt. And you see the first mate go, ah! And then they just cut. And I'm like, that's the kill?
2: Yeah. See, Like
0: all that setup of like, they show the wall of stuff where he grabs the harpoon off of and the slow walk up towards the guy I'm like all this build up and like
2: that's your payoff. Here's the problem with part eight. Is they overcorrected because um, Friday the thirteenth is probably the series the movie series that has been cut by the MPAA more than any other movie series in the history of movies. And just part seven alone was was just sliced and diced like crazy. Uh and I think they overcorrected and they were like, well we're just going to play it more safe uh and just n- and trim a bunch of stuff out. Uh it is it very much is the movie that of the franchise that is closest to being rated PG-13 out of all of them. Had that written down, were they gaming for PG-13? It almost seems like it. Like, it's the one that, like, if you watch it on TV, it's going to be the closest. Like, they're not going to have to cut very yeah. much. Uh, I mean, they
0: come up with some interesting ways to kill people, but they just, like, there's zero gore. And it's just such a letdown after, you know, the legacy of that franchise being the over-the-top crazy kills. Yeah they get cartoony in this movie. literally like i know you love it but like the punching the guy's head off yeah it's it's so That's over cartoony cuz he punches his head off and you watch it fall down a building and land in a dumpster
2: yeah and like they show like the head's point of view as it tumbles down and it's it's so stupid and over the top that i love it
0: and i can't begrudge you because my favorite movie is part 6 and that movie <laughs> had its tongue firmly in its cheek the entire runtime yeah. but uh It gets, it starts to get cartoony. Uh, and some of them are just flat out dumb. Like at the beginning, he, he shoots at the guy with the harpoon gun, misses, and then just stabs him with the gun. Yeah. That's the equivalent of like, my gun's out of bullets. Let me throw it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not, not as smooth as they try and make it out to be. They try. They sure should try that.
0: There's one that I, I backpedaled a bit on it. When I first saw it, I was like, that was stupid. And then I watched how they did it. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty impressive knowing what went into that. But where he kills, um, Kelly Hughes character. Yeah. Where like she's, she literally just picks her up, strangles her, throws her to the ground. I'm like, that, that's it. Like he doesn't like pop her eyes out or like, you know, so it, it, it's a Friday the 13th. I'm waiting for the gore and like the over the topness. And it's not coming. Like I learned later that, you know, literally when he tosses her to the ground, he's just tossing Kelly Hugh on the floor. And she just has to like rag doll it. Yeah. Okay. That's impressive. Now, like knowing what went into that, but watching it the first time, I'm just like, that's it. All well, right. It's, We're it, choking people now. Cool. It
2: feels very like, like the Friday the 13th, you could watch like with your parents. Like, it's very tame compared to the other movies in the franchise.
0: So, again, if I had more budget, I'd go back and redo all of those kills. But, yeah. um, again, looking at it from, like, what's most cost-effective is cut the New York shit, amp up the stuff on the boat, uh, make that your... The only big downside of that is, and we, we talked about this at the top of the topic, the advertising campaign... For this movie was spot on it was
2: so good so much better than the movie itself that's part of the problem
0: is you're selling a movie that doesn't exist yeah that's true it, it was it ended up being the lowest grossing of the friday movies and i can't help but think that's part of why is, is they sold a movie that sounds awesome but we don't get yep. uh, your other alternative is cut all the boat shit and go back up to Canada and reshoot the entire first two acts. So that the third act makes any kind of sense.
2: Or as I like to call it, my pitch. Let's go. <laughs> Let me hear it. Okay, so, I, I took the task of um, not only making it a competent movie, but I also doubled down. That alone is enough of a task, sir. Uh, I doubled down in the fact that I have a story that fits the continuity of the Friday the 13th series. And by that, I mean the movie that came before it, this movie, the movie that came after it from another studio. You're going to make
0: Carrie versus Jason and Jason on a boat and Jason the killer
2: worm? Nope. So here's what's going to make sense together. First of oh, yeah, all, yeah. first of all. We're going to just take out all of the boat stuff entirely. Okay. Because as it was originally supposed to be, before they scrapped and went a different direction, my pitch is a direct sequel to part seven that then partway through shifts uh, and closes that story. Essentially, this is the return of part seven's Tina Shepard who wanted to come back, who was ready to come back, did not come back. So at the end of, at the, after the events of part seven, Tina has moved to Manhattan. She's still traumatized by the events that happened in Friday the 13th part seven uh, and she has, um, like, she wakes up in the middle of the night and has uh, nightmares and these, these like, crazy, scary visions of Jason. And that's where you get some of the creative kills and stuff early on. Um, she's now living in Manhattan. She's living with her friend, Rennie, um, and her boyfriend, Sean. See, I'm tying in new characters. Uh-huh. So... Uh she's she's in therapy, like she's trying to get past this. Uh meanwhile, back at Crystal Lake, we have a company who uh has just been in trouble, has just gotten in trouble for all of their uh illegal dumping into Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake has been closed for a long time because of all of the, the murders and stuff that have happened. And just ask one question. Yeah. Is it is
0: it the dumping of all the toxic waste from New York City sewers directly into Crystal Lake?
2: Uh, it's it, it, not not exact, but there is some there is some I was like just yeah, it, yeah, just yeah, toxic yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah toxic waste.
2: Yeah yeah there, there, there's some there's some like there, there's some they're, they're polluting the lake basically. However you want to do it, you can do toxic waste if you want to kind of tie it together. It'll okay. be, uh, as a as a throwback, so this company is uh is in trouble now. And they're they're instructed that they have to clear all the stuff out of this lake. And there's like trash and, you know, all like all of their dumping. And the guy that's in charge is like, don't worry about it. We got this place in upstate New York. We can hide all this stuff out. Don't worry about it. We'll just barrel it all up and we'll send it out. Um, the easiest way to do this is there's this back river channel that can take you right up behind – uh brings you up to New York it brings you up right around here and it's close to Manhattan blah 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 we'll just take all this stuff in this trash boat bring it right up there don't worry about it take us you know a month to clean this shit up so you know over the next couple of weeks they're cleaning all the stuff out and one night it's a particularly stormy night and they're loading all the trash shit onto um this this trash boat to then go up to New York Um, the, the trash boat goes, and as they're pulling away, you just see a pair of boots in the back of the trash boat. And we know that that's Jason's boots. It's a stormy night. The seas are rough. The seas are angry that day. Boom, lightning strike. We'll take part six again. We'll bring him back. Boom, brings Jason back to life. He wakes up on the trash boat that's on the way to Manhattan. What we eventually learn is that based on their confrontation in part seven, Tina and Jason are psychically linked and the, the nightmares that she is having are actually what Jason is seeing and vice versa. So so they're psychically linked about at, at, uh, towards about the halfway movie towards, towards about the halfway point of the movie. um, You know, they get, they, they eventually find each other, uh Jason is back to life he kills the captain of the uh the trash boat um you know he reaches into the garbage pulls out the hockey mask um you know it um uh, you know, chaos ensues blah 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 um the boat at like you know we see the trash boat kind of crash up onto the shore there's no one driving it uh Jason gets out of the wreckage realizes that he is Like he sees wherever he is, is a vision that Tina has seen. So he knows that he's close to her. We're getting ready for this showdown. Um, Jason finds her uh, in a surprise uh, event that you don't see coming. Jason kills Tina to close off that storyline of part seven uh, and then sets his sights on Rennie, who he knows is important to Tina uh, and Sean, her boyfriend. Uh, Eventually, uh, you can even keep the same ending where they end up um, in in the sewers. They go to undo the uh, the water valve. Jason realizes that he's about to die by drowning the exact same way that he did as a kid. Boom, all the water comes rushing out. Uh, you can have toxic waste if you want. If you want to tie it into part nine, toxic waste comes out, knocks Jason you know takes him in the undercurrent it goes back out to the atlantic which washes him back towards crystal lake the toxic waste makes him look like he does in part 9 like all the, the all the bumps and all the crap like the weird look that he has in part 9 that's totally different that's how you can explain the difference if not the water just washes him back uh it ends you know However many, you know, you fade down and everybody thinks that they're okay and everything's safe. And then it's like, you know, one month later and, you know, the Crystal Lake sign washes up on the shore. And then you see the muddy boots come out of the lake because Jason's back. So you can return him to the lake. Um, Basically, take out all the boat. If you're going to call it Jason Takes Manhattan, you can do that in a way that it's not drawing a lot of it You can still keep, you know, your couple glamor shots where like, she's trying to run away. Um, but you don't have to, you're not as tied to, well, you have to put in a bunch of, uh, landmarks because, you know, uh, the kids are on this trip. It's, it's New York. Manhattan is just kind of the backdrop. So it's, it's kind of a background character. You know that they're there, but it's not a focal point. Uh, and it, Actually, gives Friday the Thirteenth some much needed continuity, <sighs> and I'm spent. Um, it's a movie that I would watch. Uh... Saying,
0: "Cameron." I can finish his thought and oh, just, okay, uh, I didn't I didn't have a full pitch, but go go ahead, Fleming, and just, then I'll make my statement.
2: Like it's just it's a movie that has so much potential because it starts so many cool things and then it either as as uh, producer of the stars Matt Hobbs would say, it just peters out and doesn't really finish anything, or it just kind of abandons stuff half done. And I think if they actually followed through with half of the stuff that they tried and they actually put a little bit of effort into it. You can keep most of the movie because you can have you can have him in Manhattan chasing down Tina from part seven thirty minutes into the movie. And you can you can wrap that up and then Rennie, your new character, that you're gonna have anyway, is in New York. She just saw her friend get brutally murdered by this guy that, you know, she thought was You know, you build up where you're like, oh, you know, I see this guy with a hockey mask, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, you're just, you know, they're they're just bad dreams. They're just this. And then she realizes, holy shit, it's true. And everything that she said was true. And that, you know, freaks her out to the core because, holy crap, like all of these stories of, you know, all of the brutal kills in part seven were true. And so it changes everything. And then you know she it becomes your main character. It's almost like a um, uh, like a psycho fake out, which is a, okay. which is a bit high art for Friday the Thirteenth. But damn it, I love this series so much.
0: I would watch either of those. Um, I didn't so much <laughs> um, come up with a pitch as I was just going to kind of nitpick things I didn't didn't like. Yeah, uh, you guys went much more into detail than this than I did, so we're gonna stick with what y'all said. <laughs> I like yours. Yours is the the minimalist approach. It's like, okay, what can we with this as it is? What can we just trim and cut to try to make this better? And I appreciate that approach because that's usually what just happens. Is yeah, yeah this isn't working. Cut that, or yeah, this is this storyline's not working. Cut that. Or, you know, that's you know they trim it and. and You end up with a flawed movie, but a short one. Uh, Because I believe this is the longest running time of a Friday movie up to that point. And it feels
2: it. It feels like a long movie. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like it's it's like ninety three minutes in it or ninety eight minutes, and it feels like a two hour movie. Like it feels like a long ass movie. So yeah, I
0: I applaud the the attempt to have any continuity. And, uh, I
2: mean, I know it's yeah, kind of cheating. We're talking
0: about part eight of a yeah. franchise, so <laughs> continuity is kind of wibbly wobbly at this point. Well, but any attempt I, yeah. to keep that intact is
2: uh, Well, I know it's kind of cheating because I know it's not like, hey, drop a couple scenes, add a couple scenes, and it's it's done. Like I'm bringing in a new character. Um, I kind of took the, um, like the original pitch that they had to bring her back. They, like, Cause originally they wanted to bring Tina back and kill her really quick. Cause apparently that's like the Friday, the 13th way is you have a, a strong character that you keep alive for one movie and then murder in the first five minutes of the next one. Um, so I did kind of cheat, uh, and not really follow the rules of my own bit, but you know what? I don't care. So, I think the movie's better.
0: Your own bit. If anyone's going to break the rules, you should. Uh,
2: So I, yeah, I did kind of, I did kind of uh, overreach a little bit, but um, adding her, you know, you can, you can save the money of like the 12 other nondescript kids that are going on the boat trip that no one gives a shit about. Don't even rent the boat. Don't care about any of that. Um, And then use that money to pay for Lar Park Lincoln to come back for, you know, a third of a movie. Uh, which is what they were, you know, more than what they were going to do anyway. Uh, and at least build out that story a little more. So
0: I think we all agree if we could go back and prevent this from being shot and stop the project at the scripting phase, we would do that. <sighs> uh, we would just shelve this whole thing in and just start over with something new. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that without discussing it in advance, you and I both took the opposite ends of, of how to fix it. I know. Right. Like,
2: um, because you said you either have to, you you take one and you go with it. And I was like, dear God, let him pick the boat. <laughs> because I picked the other one. And if we both always... have a similar pitch, it's going to be boring. Uh,
0: that worked out. Yeah. yeah, they both sounded good. They both sounded, um, in the final product.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: Gosh, I just I
2: still like my my goal is to find a reasonably priced um 27 by 40 like actual movie poster of the uh I Heart New York where he's cutting through it. Um cuz most of them were returned and destroyed, but there are uh, there are some that still exist. And I want one stolen from Subway. Yeah. Like I want one bad because honestly, like that's one of my top 5 movie posters of all time. Why like, it's just... It's a great poster. It's so good. It's so much... That's the problem is, like, it's so much better than the movie deserves. It's so much better than the franchise deserves. Like, it's so good.
0: And, you know... The, and that's, like I said, the, the other option is... Again, the... the the, for me, the biggest problem was the setting. You've got to pick one. I don't know why they decided to do Well, Let's just do both of them. Like, no, why would that work? It leads to the biggest plot hole that everyone makes fun of, which is how the hell does Crystal Lake connect to the Atlantic Ocean to get you to New York? Um, let alone the the stupid shit that they come, you know, the fucking rowboat escape and all this other stupid stuff. And, you know, they, they land on the dock in New York. No one's there to like tie their ship up or like, Hey, who the hell are you? How'd you get here? Yeah. Uh, and within five minutes of being in New York, they all get mugged at gunpoint. Of course. Like Wow. Uh, I love that. You know, the opening is random B roll around New York And then when we get to New York, we go back to every location we saw in the B roll because those are the only places we shot in New York. Uh, Yup. You don't have to go to New York to be in New York for your movie. Like, and then they, which is what kills me because I was like, "Well, did they only shoot the New York stuff in New York? That's insane." No, they shot for a week in New York, and then shot everything else in Vancouver. Great, just go back to Vancouver. What? It's one of the most tax friendly shooting locations you can ever go to. And if you're just shooting in, you know, again, unless you're scripting, which is, I don't understand why they felt they had to script in like Madison Square Garden and the Brooklyn Bridge and Statue of Liberty. Like, you don't have to shoehorn every no. single tourist attraction from New York City into one movie.
2: No, you really don't.
0: And go there, shoot some B footage without getting permits for it. Ghostbuster yeah. did it, uh, yeah. and and cut that into your movie that you shot somewhere much cheaper. And you're just shooting in you know back alleys and nondescript cityscapes. Like you can do that. Um, I would I would love to see a proper Jason Takes Manhattan because the idea, you know, they they sell you that idea of Jason on a rampage in New York City, right? You don't get any of that. No, you don't even come close. Get him in Times Square being ignored by everybody, which is like, okay, this kind of defeats the purpose of
2: the character, right? And, well, because they're like, well, you know, he's not the weirdest thing you would see in New York because it's New York, and it's like, yeah, but you just totally took the legs out from under your character.
0: I'd rather see him pulling an alien and just like taking people out on a boat. Yeah.
2: Oh, but I do love the the one shot though. Uh, where he looks up and he sees the uh, the hockey billboard, and he kind of tilts yeah. his head. Like that's a clever shot. Like I like, it. and that's the other thing is like there's a lot of humor, like there's a lot of of, of funny stuff in this movie that I'm I I feel is kind of out of place. Yeah, it starts getting a little meta. Yeah, although uh, I just want to I just want to play this just for a second uh, because what a. Uh, as, soon as I'm not used to having YouTube with ads sorry um, I hate YouTube ads because um, I have the uh, the theatrical trailer which just like it's like literally just like it pans around um, like they paid for New York New York and it's like oh. it's like the uh, like the the skyline of New York. And just like this nice, calm New York at night panoramic shot and then you realize that the person looking at it is Jason Voorhees but it's like super classy right now and you're like wow, like this is really impressive and then they have a great tagline like it's just it's It's too good for this movie. (laughs) Listen to that sexy sax man saxogram.
0: The tagline.
2: I think it's uh, New York has a... Like a new infestation. Yeah, see it turns and there's Jason.
1: Friday the 13th, part 8. Jason takes Manhattan. Now, New York has a new problem.
2: Yeah, New York has a new problem. That's so, Did you better? Like it's 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 kind of like you know people in New York are used to rats and cockroaches and you know all this stuff and
0: yeah, there's that scene where they'd run into the diner and they go help help. There's a psycho trying to kill us and the waitress is just like welcome to New York. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay. Yeah, we're
2: doing that joke. Um, so yeah, it's just like there's so much potential that's just so wasted and it bums me out because um, yes, yeah.
0: in the city, do a proper Jason in the city.
2: Yes. That's all I want. That's it.
0: Your kills around the city, you know, do shit like that. Like there's tons of potential there that just gets wasted because it's like, well, we got to get I mean, you know, the, the subway scene wasn't even really in a no. New York subway. And they did a fine job of yeah. making that look like New York. Like it's, You know, most of your audience is never going to have been to New York anyway. You can fool them. It's OK.
2: Because like really sure. in, in the alleyways of New York, are there just barrels of toxic waste? That are just open. That was Ecto Cooler. Yeah, the the Ecto Cooler that you just dunk someone in to kill them. Like, is that really New York? I've been to New York. That's not what it's like. I don't know. didn't see any barrels
0: of Ecto Cooler when I was there. No, no, there's none. (laughs) The reason
2: you didn't see any is because there's none. I'll check next time. Yeah. And I think... uh, There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that brings us to... uh, I think we're about done now. I think we're all tired from we're, we're like we're like Julius now beating on Jason. I think we're all just <laughs> winded, and we're done. I think we're just I, we're, You're we're just shots. <laughs> <for you. laughs> Boom. Yep. This is uh, us getting our heads hit and spun into the garbage can. Because we're gonna tell everybody go to enter the Imaginarium.com to get your tickets for Imaginarium for our live show coming up in September, October, 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 October. 11, I don't know thirteenth sometime.
0: You can see us Friday evening at eight PM for our Woo. live show, along with all kinds
2: of other cool shit. Entertheimaginarium.com the Get your tickets now. And with that, we're gonna say what we say to all of our friends to some of our haters. And we're going to take it home. At some point, we're going to figure out who's who in the Golden Girls of this show.
0: As you know who <laughs> I don't list? What? Julian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I've got a question. Yeah. All right. So if you electrify Jason once, you resurrect him. Yeah. If you electrify him twice, you kill him again. Yeah. What happens if you electrify him a third time?
2: Um... You deep fry him, and uh, he becomes Freddy Krueger.
1: Oh.